I like your style. I like your style. Things are going to get a little weird, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the very first edition of Fridays are for the Men. I'm slightly biased. So I guess getting weird is just part of the program. Um, anyway, so thankfully I have my Green Bay Packers expert, Jake Sirianni, here from Overtime Heroics. Uh, well, we talked about the game last night. Oh, man, what a game it was. I tell you, I would, is that, it, you can still hear me, right? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, I had to exit out of the app, pull up my notes. Um, man, so first, first things first, man, our defense, I, I get it, Mitch Trubisky, I mean, Mitch Trubisky, he played terrible, and, you know, a lot of people, is already the, you know, people saying how he's terrible quarterback, whatever. But he was number four in the NFL in total QBR last year, and a lot of that had to do with his rushing ability. But, I mean, it shows that there's something there to work with. So the fact that we just – he was so far off on some throws, but then other times our defensive backs were glued to their receivers. It just – you know, Allen Robinson made some good catches, and but that's exactly what – they weren't great – throws by by Trubisky so yeah um, yeah absolutely but Rogers didn't uh, put up a lot of numbers no and there were a few concerns you know few throws I was really concerned with I don't know I'm not sure I'm hearing a lot that that um ball to MVS that deep pass apparently that was supposed it looked like he underthrew him, and MVS had to come back a bit for it. But some I've been hearing something that it was supposed to be more of a jump ball, but it didn't look like he got very much under that throw. So, and then some of those last year he struggled a lot with the quick outs to you know to the sidelines, and and I think it was the first quarter he threw one at Jimmy Graham's feet, and luckily it hit the ground. Otherwise, that would have been a pick six going the other way. So. Yeah, definitely some yeah, concerning throws. Definitely some concerning throws about it, or from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's so. definitely a concerning thing, and it feels like uh, what I've seen about the game is that these shorter passes are more part of uh, this Matt Lafleur's like offensive play calling style. Say that one more time. It seems like from what I've uh, heard and read is that this Matt Lafleur seems to call more of these shorter passes in his offensive schemes, as opposed to in the past where Rodgers was airing it out and throwing it longer more often, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, you know, in the past, that was always something that drove me crazy because you'd see guys, you know, wide open in the flats, usually the running back, whether it was last year, it was Aaron Jones wide open in the flat, no one within six, seven yards of him. And yet he'd just be holding on to that ball and either he'd either take the sack, throw the ball away, or just – heave it downfield to where no one can get it. So I'd, I want to see him start hitting some of those real quick, early, you know, shallow routes, especially last night with our run game not really working. You know, that can open up the run game. That can open up the deep ball. You just you – can't, you can't go for the home run every single play. No, no, absolutely not. And, you know, I – I, I got to say that Jimmy Graham touchdown last night, that was a nice touchdown. 
but man, he threw that right in between like four defenders. Yeah, that was a watching that play made me think back to like vintage Jimmy Graham, where he would just it looked like he just boxed the guy out and went up and grabbed it. So that was super cool to see. Uh, yeah, it was a very nice Jimmy, play by Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham had a few plays last night that I was really wow that we did not see any last you know the last year. Um, that touchdown was the one where you know you just saw him boxing him out, going up and getting it. The second play that stood out was when he he caught the ball in the flat and he just hurtled right over Eddie yeah. Eddie Jackson, the Bears, yeah. arguably the best safety in the league. So I mean to see what thirty three year old Jimmy well, Graham yeah, hurling I, guys, that's pretty cool. I passed over and then the last fantasy. One was uh, in both weeks, oh, I, I, you know, I had the chance to take him from my tight end and pass over him because of how I performed last year. And did, did Rogers target him more last night than he did like all of last season? No, a lot, you know, people talk about how bad of a year he had, but he still had. I think here, I believe it was like almost 700 yards receiving. Yeah, that's, and that's pretty good for. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. You know, that's, that's one of the things that too bothers me what people say about uh, my Patriots with we're missing Rob Gronkowski and we don't have this big receiving tight end. Well, you don't actually need that. It's just very nice to have. Yeah, I'm looking right now. Jimmy Graham last year had 55 catches for 636 yards and two touchdowns, which that's actually a lot more receiving yards than he had the prior year in Seattle. The difference is he only had, he had 10 touchdowns in Seattle last year. Yeah, that's yeah, I... kind of a big difference, but yeah, well, but between, yeah. but I mean, otherwise his year. His yards per game was up last year from the year before. His average um, in terms of yards per catch, his yards per game were up and his yards per catch were up significantly from last, from 2017. So it's hard hard to say he had a bad year last year, but he definitely disappeared at times. And his run block is still a He's never been known as a block, which is odd that he's not a great blocker considering how like great he seems at times at pushing people around when he's going for a ball. I guess he's going against much smaller personnel, yeah, obviously. I think it's when he's you know, doing that, but yeah, and that's what I'm going to say. He he's not yeah, going yeah, up to balls that Khalil Mack. That trade know? must have pissed you guys off, huh? You know. Not really. He he really wasn't a, that big of – he made a couple plays early, you know, the first couple drives. But once the Packers' O-line got going, he was pretty much not in, not involved in the game. You know, between David Bakhtiari and Brian Balaga, both of them for the most part shut him down last night. So that was really good to see. It was when he went – the play, the one of the last plays I remember him making was when he was actually lined up against uh, the new guy we have on the offensive line from Denver. 
oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, but he was in and he just bowled right. He just went right past him and it didn't lead to, it didn't, he didn't cause, he didn't have the sack, but it, he allowed another guy to get the sack. So, but for the most part, he wasn't much of a yeah, factor. Yeah, yeah that's true. He is, I think, I think him being on the field impacts the way that the Bears play. More so, I, I think just his mere presence on the field makes an impact. Uh, that, and, you know, the thing is, too, the roster was already stacked, that Bears roster on defense. Especially they have Clinton Dix from you guys. And yeah, for sure. That, uh, that that one must have pissed you off last night. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the one that pissed me off the most was when it was that bullshit late hit on Aaron Rodgers from yeah, uh, who's yeah. the uh, Akeem Hicks when Rodgers threw the ball away and then Akeem Hicks grabbed him and threw him down from the back of the head. I'm like, Come on, how and the ref was right there, two two yards behind them, watching it happen. I couldn't believe that was a no call because, yeah. man, just the inconsistency yeah, you see, with their calls. You see these sometimes that they, someone gets absolutely leveled after they've already thrown the ball, they don't throw a flag, and then you you know slap their shoulder after they've already thrown the ball, and you get a fifteen yard rough on the passer. Yeah, I mean, Clay Matthews last year got two roughing the passer calls in back-to-back weeks that, I mean, I I don't know if it's the Packer bias. I'm pretty sure it's not. But they were terrible. I think they were terrible calls. And luckily one, luckily one of them, you know, it didn't matter because the Packers still beat the Bears. But that, Minis- that would have won the game against Minnesota because at that same play, Kirk Cousins threw an interception that would have what the Packers would have won. And that one, I think, was the worst of the two because, man, ter- it was a terrible call. But this was a terrible no call. And even Roger, I mean, there- things were getting chippy all night, but that started a lot of pushing and shoving. And it should yeah, have been a yeah, call, absolutely. no doubt. So, um, uh, one of our next topics tonight here is um, there's a lot of new new quarterbacks, new faces playing quarterbacks in new places uh, going on this year. And I was going to count Lamar Jackson here in Baltimore, uh, considering he didn't exactly start the full year last year. Uh, personally, me, me and you talked about him the other day. Personally, I. I don't know if he's going to have the best season yet. I do think he's a very, honestly, he's a very, very physically gifted player. But the game's going to, the offense is going to need to be tailored to his style. I mean, he doesn't exactly have the best personnel around him. I mean, Willie Sneed and Marquise Brown, there's no real playmaker um, at wide receiver there for him. Yeah, I but I think they have an excellent tight end room. They have three tight ends who you know come in and out, and they're all very versatile. Um, 
Willie Sneed, he's a great slot guy. Yeah. He was someone who was looked at a lot. You know, if there were any, if there was any, yeah, that was that the one thing. I, he's not, I do like Willie Sneed. He's, team, he's good. He's just not. A, yeah, yeah. He could be a good PPR guy. <laughs> um, but I mean, they. You know, someone I love a lot is Justice Hill. That kid is so fast, and he's got a lot of strength to him, too. He gets a lot of comparisons to, you know, a young Reggie Bush. Um, I, I've heard a, someone mention a bigger, faster, stronger Philip Lindsay. Yeah, yeah. But the same kind of style. He's someone. He's someone who I think could be a big play guy for them right away. So he's someone I'm watch. I'm looking for. Yeah, and I on that offense. They have Mark Ingram, which his a player like that, his style of running is perfect for what Baltimore has always been. But and it, you know, I don't know if his running style really suits the type of offense that you need to run with a guy like Lamar Jackson. That's that's the one. That's the really that's the question mark that I have with him being there. Because I don't know if I really don't know if he fits what that kind what kind of offense they're going to need to have for him. Yeah, it, when they first got Mark Ingram, my first thought was, "Wow, what a great like the perfect opportunity for Mark Ingram." But the more Especially, maybe it's more because of the them drafting Justice Hill, but I'm I've been slowly coming down on my Mark Ingram hype, and I mean I think he's the guy who will still get you know twelve to fifteen rushes and maybe he, a he catch probably comes in at the goal line, but I think he still might be a fantasy option. Yeah, but I think as as the in the beginning, but as the, I think as the season goes on, I think Justice Hill fits their scheme better. He, you know, they want to run the ball. They want to just keep pushing it down the field. And Justice yeah, Hill's yeah. someone who can just run, run, run. So I think he's going, I think, you know, toward late in games and then just more as the season goes on, he's going to be more of a featured role. And Mark Ingram will still get his, you know, 10 to, four, 10 to 15 touches but I think Justice Hill will for a team that ran the ball forty five times last year once Lamar Jackson came over, I think you could easily see both of them end up with yeah. ten to fifteen rushes a game. And that's not even talking about Gus yeah, Andrews. Yeah. Well, who's still on the just a bunch of stable around that, it seems. Um and then so next we have uh in Miami, I I guess we have to count two quarterbacks. We have Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen here. Uh, it, it seems Fitzmagic is going to start uh, to start the season. I personally don't think he'll be starting the entire year. I do think Rosen is going to get the ball by the end of the year. Uh, what's your take there? They, I mean, Miami traded a what? Third round pick for Josh Rosen? Or was it a second round pick? I don't remember. But either way, if you're gonna take, if you're gonna trade something for the kid, give him the opportunity. I mean, what are? I feel so bad for Josh Rosen. He just has not had a fair chance. 
but they need to they need to showcase him as much as they can so they know exa- exactly what they need to do in the draft next year. If they're going to be as bad as everyone says, they'll probably be in line for someone like Tua. Yeah. But, you know, they might not need someone like Tua if Josh Rosen ends up being – if he plays good but they still lose because the rest of the team is complete garbage, you know, that's still encouraging because then you can you, you can trade one of your early pick, get a few more picks, and then next thing you know, you got 10, 12 draft picks. You're picking a bunch of players that you can fit around you now quarterback that's already on the team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's – I don't – I it appears to me that Miami's tanking. That's what it looks like to me. Um, and, yeah, I believe there was a third-round pick, I think. Oh, yes. Um, I got it right now. On NFL.com, they uh, – Exchange for Miami's second round pick, fifty second overall, um, which actually collected Andy Isabella for them, and um, a two thousand twenty fifth round pick. They gave up to get Josh Rosen over there. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I mean yeah, that's okay. a decent haul to, you know, trade for a guy who like if you're going to give that much, you use him. Like you know what Fitzpatrick's going to do. He'll win you a handful of games, but that's about it. Unless you have a better, especially with that supporting cast, there's there's no hope for yeah, you know. Really, all they so have you got to go Astros and see what like, you got. Devontae Parker is still there, I believe, and and he has uh, Albert Wilson and Kenyon Drake. Really, yeah, Albert Wilson, yeah, and Kalen. Yes, Bilash. yes, Bilash. The rookie running back from last year, or he's now his second year. I'll be given a shot. Um, well, he was what I it must say here was he the tenth overall pick? Well, uh, he was higher than that, right? I know he was a top ten pick. Um, yeah, man. Number eleven's coming to mind, but honestly, I'm not even gonna. Pre- I'm not even gonna pretend that I actually know. So. Word on it. I'm trying to look now. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah. Oh, he was the tenth overall pick of the 2018 NFL draft. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, if, if the guy's drafted in the top ten as a quarterback, you gotta at least let him before we. Cast him out that he can't play in these horrible situations that he's given. We've got to act, let him play. Yeah, completely. And Fitzpatrick, this this whole little Fitz magic act, I, I unfortunately think it's probably in the last, uh, at least through the second game of the year. I'll probably be uh, you know, stupid yearly loss to Miami. Yeah, well, honestly, I don't know how much Fitz magic there really is left because the difference between the offense he had when Fitz magic happened last year and this offense, light years difference. He doesn't yeah, have nearly yeah. the weapons. Way different, absolutely. But he he also so, used to somehow tear the Patriots, shred the Patriots randomly when he was in Buffalo. So 
Fitzpatrick and out of me. <laughs> yeah, well, Fitzpatrick's really good at having like single good years, but he can never seem to do it more yeah, than yeah. one year. You look at the year with the Jets, yeah, well, he killed it, and then they brought him. He sucked. He signs that big deal with Buffalo. He's gone to what two years into the deal. Um, you know, just yeah. it always seems like he gets he plays well, but he can never maintain it. Yeah, and he'll he'll have those random like great games where he throws for like four hundred yards, four touchdowns, with like you know maybe one pick, and you're like, wow, all right, that's a good game for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then the next week is that you know fifty yards and three picks. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the next quarterback, uh, I want to talk about a rookie here, the first overall pick of last year's draft, uh, Kyra Murray, uh, going over to Arizona. Now, that's obviously the reason that Josh Rosen is no longer in Arizona, because Cliff Kingsbury loves, loves Kyra Murray. Always loved him since his time when he was coaching at Texas Tech. Like, I'm torn personally on the situation here for Kyle Murray. He's got two good receivers here. He's still got Fitzgerald on the roster. I know he's aging, but that's still going to catch a ball. You know, Christian Kirk's not bad. David Johnson. David Johnson. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. David Johnson's a pretty good running back. And Kingsbury was, at least in college football, he was a great offensive coach. It just had a yeah. offensive line last year. was fucking horrendous. Oh, man. The Cardinals' offensive line is so bad again this year as well. And so is good, and you know, I think, Murray. what's that? And the size of Kyle Murray, too, with how bad yeah. that offensive line. I'm not too concerned with his size. I mean, he's not, you know, you've, you're seeing a whole bunch of shorter players excel in the NFL, whether it's, you know, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, um, Baker yeah. Mayfield, yeah. even – you know, it, it's shown it can be done. But what's definitely concerning is that offensive line. But hopefully the idea with I'm, I'm worried get about some... taking a beating more so is, is why I'm worried about his size. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, that makes sense. Um, I just think he'll be able to get the – one thing, you know, he, he was a great running quarterback, obviously. He had a 1,000 years – or, sorry, a 1,000 yards rushing last year. Um, that, that but he's, what's that? That thousand years. I was just laughing about that. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, he's also very accurate, though. He's a very accurate quarterback, and you know, unlike some, you know, uh, I don't remember who I heard the comparison to, but he he's a ultra accurate quarterback for sure. He just like I think his. Accuracy numbers were better than Baker's was his final year in college. And we saw how accurate Baker was last year. I just think, I think there's high potential for him. It, um, but it's just a matter of keeping him upright. And what helps is that rushing ability. 
He's elusive. He can get away from guys. So, yeah, and that's um, one thing that I that's our respect about his play style. Um, when seeing him play in college, is as much as he is a runner, he does uh, he does seem to know how to move to look to throw the ball instead of always looking to run the ball, which is huge for us. And hopefully he carries that over playing in the NFL. That's huge for a young quarterback to know. And I really like Tyler Murray coming out as well. <coughs> I think he's got the right head coach because he'll that works for him. And even with a bad offensive line, he's got enough skill position players, especially with Larry playing in the slot where he can get the ball out. He can, you know, run and evade tackles and sacks. So, yeah, yeah. That, it's, 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 I'm that's not a that, that line scares me, but Kingsbury, I, I do think he's going to be at least a good offensive coach. I do think, like you said, I do think he's going to be able to draw up a a good play style and a good scheme for Kyle Murray. Remember, you know, Case Keenum hasn't looked like too much in the NFL, but when Case Keenum played for Chris Kingsbury in college, he broke every passing record there is in college football. Yeah, that's, yeah. But Case Keenum also, Case Keenum has only really had one year of good play too in the NFL. So it's hard to yeah. really judge, you know. But yeah. I guess that proves that just proves your point even more though saying that because he was so good with King, you know, Kingsbury in college. You know, that yeah, could show like I, what kind of potential. And yeah. obviously obviously the NCAA is different from the NFL. Obviously we've seen these uh college coaches come to the NFL and it hasn't worked out. Like Nick Saban uh, couldn't last in the NFL coaching front for Miami and he's yeah. probably the greatest football coach of all time. He Carroll even didn't do good in the NFL uh, in his, you know, his first, first time. Yeah. yeah, He he happened to do pretty good uh, his, his next time up actually for a start at least. Well, and how about Chip Kelly, who, you know, he came up and he, he burned real bright for a minute and then just went out. This is a continuation of last night's Fridays are for the Men episode that we didn't finish or publish because of a little technical difficulties here at the home office. Um, but since things get weird on Fridays are for the Men, we're going to roll it right into Saturday. Uh, and me and my favorite Packers fan, Jake Sirianni, are going to do our updated Super Bowl picks after Antonio Brown signing with the league. Uh, Jake, what do you think? Oh, got? man, this pains me. First off, Antonio Brown, what the fuck? I'm, the more, the more <laughs> I'm looking at it, I feel like he had, this was the plan all along. Like, New England was, you know, New England was never going to give him that contract. Like, how – fucking crazy he was this whole off season and you know during training camp and oh 
so this pains me, but yeah, I well, gotta change it. I gotta change my pick to New England. You say, yeah, it's you got you got New England going there now. Um, like everyone does. So you you just said that this might have been his plan. There's something I have to listen to. I have to look up. Um, someone just told me about it right after I finished my doing an episode about this. Um, a recorded conversation between Antonio Brown and Drew Rosenhaus from a year ago. Apparently somewhere in the conversation, Rosenhaus said that the Patriots offered the Steelers more for, more for him than the Raiders did. But that the Steelers didn't want to trade Antonio Brown to the Patriots. Yeah, that that would make sense. And honestly, it's not hard to get offered too much more than what Oakland did. They only gave up a third and a fifth for the guys. So, you know, who knows how much more. But I completely get Pittsburgh not wanting to send him to arguably the biggest conference rival that they'd be that they could have. Yeah. Uh, I don't blame them either. So you have uh, the Patriots uh, going against two? The Eagles. And now uh, why, why you got the Eagles coming in? Um, I love their defense. Um, they, you know, they, they've they just nailed their draft, I think, this year. And they're deep at every position. Their offensive line is arguably the best in the league. Their defensive line is arguably the best in the league. They have playmakers on both sides of the ball. And Car- you know, I mentioned Carson Wentz is a possible MVP this year. I firmly believe that. And from 1 to 53, I think they have the best roster in the NFL. So, you know, obviously injuries play a key in how team seasons go. But right now they look like the deepest and most talented team. And that pains me being a Packers fan. But. <laughs> yeah, that's, that must pain you to say as well. I mean, I like the Packers. I, you know, I think obviously this is the case for all teams. If all things go right, they, you know, they can be right there in it. But Philadelphia, I think, has the least. They have the least amount of things that have to go right just because of the way the roster is built. Yeah, I can I can see that. Um, my, my pick hasn't changed. It's just a little more, I guess my AFC is just a little more confirmed. Now, um, the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. They're, they're walking through the AFC. This offense is rolling. It's there's no way to stop it. This defense already showed you in the Super Bowl what they're capable of. And then they added Michael Bennett and Jamie Collins. I don't see anybody who can possibly stop this thing. I'm in very, very, very good mood about this. Yeah, just hope. You can believe that. Hope, hope Patrick one sniffing some white girl during, you know, <laughs> they don't need anyone else getting busted. You know, as, as long as they keep it under wraps, I don't know how much I really care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. It's not about breaking the rules. But, it's about getting caught breaking the rules. Yeah, yeah. But slightly biased is definitely not condone drug use. It's all you listeners out there. 
Um, yeah, and I, I got the Patriots meeting the Saints in the Super Bowl. Um, it's a matchup I've actually always wanted to see. I've wanted to see Breeze and Brady meet in the Super Bowl for a long time. Almost a shame that the game hasn't gotten that. These two all-time greats, as much as Breeze is a little bit of a dome quarterback, these two all-time greats haven't met in the big one. And I, I think the Saints are going to roll. I think they're pissed off after that no-call, bullshit no-call in the NFC Championship game last year. I think that offense is loaded. I, I think they're motivated. I think they're ready to go. I think we got the Patriots meeting the Saints in the Super Bowl. I think we got a nice little shootout there going on there. Yeah, Saints. Um, Saints. I actually think there's going to be some regression there. I have them make it. I predicted them to take one of the two wild card slots, and I think the Falcons will actually win that division. But. I mean, that's another division like the NFC North, where you could have three teams. You know. Week 17, it could come down to the three teams for the division with Carolina being yeah. the third team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, so that's all we got here. Thank you for tuning in to the first edition of Fridays are for the Men. Continued into Saturday. Because on Friday, we say fuck it until Monday. Huh. Happy NFL Sunday. Um, this is my guest, my favorite Packers fan, which is hard for me to say because I don't like many Packers fans. Uh, Jake Sirianni, thanks for coming on, buddy. Two nights in a row. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Looking forward to making an appearance again. All right, thanks a lot, buddy. Um, once again, this is Steve Rosner from Overtime Heroics uh, on Slightly Biased. Thank you for tuning in.